According to court documents, when agents went into that home on Westwood Drive, they found two rooms with drugs and drug paraphernalia. Also found a computer where the dark web was displayed. Wow, that's just a snippet about what's in store for this podcast. Hey, and welcome from Commando.com. This is Commando On Demand, where we talk to industry movers and shakers, and we keep you up to date on everything digital. You can catch new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. And by the end of this Commando On Demand episode, you're going to learn how some criminals lurk within the dark alleyways of the internet, the deep web, trying to take advantage of you and those you love, and the lengths that investigators must go to keep us all safe. We're going to take you behind the scenes of our recent investigation that saw a father and a daughter's Montana home raided by federal agents. Find out what they're up to. It's unbelievable. And then, of course, we're going to tell you how they got caught. Plus, the smiley face killer's theory. A rumor has gone mainstream with three retired detectives claiming a number of drownings across the country are the work of a gang of serial killers. And this is all based on the dark web. We're going to get started in a moment. But first, I'd like to thank our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Hey, welcome back. Dive deep enough into the deep blue, and then the deep blue eventually goes dark. And in that darkness, you start seeing all the strange fish, the eerie things, the ones with the big teeth and the neon lights attached to their heads. On the internet, it's kind of the same story. On its surface, we're all used to the oh-so-familiar Facebook and Google and YouTube and Yahoo and the list goes on. But dive past those sites into the deep web, and the internet gets pretty dark too. While crime is notoriously committed in dark alleyways, the dark web provides an anonymous dark alleyway where your seemingly innocent neighbors can wind up on the evening news, even in a small town like Billings, Montana. Well, a father and his daughter facing federal drug charges after a raid on their home in West Billings. Gregory Paul Green and Brittany Nicole Green were arrested and are being charged with possession of methamphetamine with intent to distribute and conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute methamphetamine. According to court documents, when agents went into that home on Westwood Drive, they found two rooms with drugs and drug paraphernalia. They uh, concluded that a very large-scale drug operation was being run from the home. Also found a computer in Gregory Green's room where the dark web was displayed and a screen showed that Green was selling Xanax bars to people across the country using Bitcoin as a currency for the drug trade. Agents seized over 200 grams of suspected meth and several thousand Xanax bars and other items of evidence from the home, along with a large amount of drug paraphernalia and instructions for making drugs. Agents arrested Gregory and Brittany Green, and they were taken to the Yellowstone County Detention Center. Well, let me tell you something. That father and daughter are now under investigation. And while the news segment summed up the story in just 60 seconds... The lengths that investigators went to protect you and yours from the selfish crime required a lot more time. In a world of crypto and anonymity, cybersecurity has become more important than ever. Well, for all of us. So what did investigators do to track down that package of Xanax? And just how meticulous did they have to be? Well, on the line with me now is just the guy who can explain it all. I'd like to introduce you to former FBI Special Agent Lawrence Wolfenden. Now, Lawrence left the Bureau in January 2017, but get this, he knows a lot. He spent 25 years, that's a quarter of a century, plus seven months of time keeping you and all of us safe as a member of the Cyber Squad. 
Now, Lawrence has worked on investigations of national security intrusions, and today he spends most of his time in Sarasota, Florida, where he provides intrusion response and digital forensics for Silent Group, an internationally recognized cybersecurity and digital forensics firm. Hey, Lawrence, welcome to Commando On Demand. So let's just dive right into it. This is an incredible story, isn't it? Yeah, okay, so I, I took I took a look at the affidavit, Um I don't know if you've had a chance to, to, to read that at all or not. Um, it, it's, a, it's a neat little story. I, I, I love reading things like that, seeing that. So the, in that case, you know, it's, a, it's a really good example and illustration of how law enforcement works between agencies and, and cooperates between agencies. Yes, and from what we know, there were several agencies that had to work together on this from local police to the FBI to the DEA to the Postal Inspection Service. But even with all that cooperative power, how do you find a package of Xanax disguised as organic fitness pills in the first place? The whole thing started when a truck uh, carrying Canadian mail coming into the U.S. uh, gets pulled over at the border and identified for, you know, a more detailed secondary uh, inspection. And they find in there uh, this this package that happens to have you know uh, fifteen hundred pills. Uh, yeah, some uh, how many is it? Yeah, fifteen hundred one thousand four hundred seventy one Xanax pills or pills that were labeled as an organic fitness vitamin. Uh, but but when they took a look uh, in, in more detail, uh, they were able to identify that yeah, this is actually a, a scheduled narcotic. You know, I get that, but I have a question. What detail would have given that away, and how would they actually manage to track it down? What What could have happened in this situation is, um, you know, it, this this guy Green could have been offering to sell stuff on uh, on the web, uh, and and it looks like he was selling stuff through the dark web. Uh, so, law enforcement routinely looks and sees what's out there or they, you know, bust somebody who uh, has been purchasing from this guy green and they say, yeah, uh, I get, I get the stuff shipped to me from this guy. Uh, So then you can look through FedEx records or UPS records or um, uh, the postal service can assist in that, uh, be able to determine, okay, this guy is getting X number of packages and then, you know, again, because this was coming across the border, I'm certain there's a lot of uh, information being passed back and forth about where shipments are going to, uh, when shipments are coming through. And now they know that, okay, you know, if we just pull these things over and look for anything going to green, um, being sold as a vitamin, there's a high likelihood that it actually has drugs in it. It could be the Canadians uh, might be aware of the people that were shipping it to Green. And you know, so they said, hey, uh, anytime we see anything coming out of these people, we'll let you know and you can interdict it and intercept it. Okay, so now they've found the suspicious package. What happens after that? And so they decide, hey, let's go ahead and let this package come in. We're going to do a controlled delivery. Uh, they enlist the help of a postal inspector, 
some some great guys, the postal inspectors. I've worked with them on a lot of cases. Some of my best cases were uh, working in cooperation with the with the postals. Um, postal inspector uh, is able to provide some information about the uh, intended recipient of that package, as well as other packages that that they had gotten over the prior year, uh, and then the uh, police officer, uh, task force officer writes a, uh, and I love this, writes an anticipatory search warrant. Okay, Lawrence, that's a big word. Anticipatory search warrant. I really want to know how investigators use that warrant to get into the house and the shocking discoveries when they actually made it inside. All that's coming up, plus Lawrence will explain the strangest things he's seen and heard of people doing to hide their crimes. And if you thought that your password with all those characters and uppercase and lowercase letters and symbols and numbers were enough, think again. Our former FBI man gives you a surprising tip on what works best to make sure that cyber criminals don't get you. Before we get to all that, a special thank you to some of our partners that help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Let me tell you something. My life is hectic between work and my family. I don't always have time to shop for myself. And that's why I'm super excited about Stitch Fix. Oh my God, this is so fun. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service. What's fabulous about it is that it finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories that will fit your body and budget and lifestyle. All you have to do is go to stitchfix.com slash Kim and you tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item because that's important. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist who will handpick items to send right to your door. And I love this. You try them on, but you pay only for what you want to keep, what you really like, and then just return the rest. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. There's no subscription required, too. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only $20, and this is applied toward anything that you keep from your shipment. It's so easy to get set up. I can't wait to get my first box. Get started right now at stitchfix.com slash Kim, and you're going to get an extra 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. You have to try this out. It's so great. Stitchfix.com slash Kim. Hey, welcome back. We're hanging out with former FBI Special Agent Lawrence Wolfenden. So to recap, investigators intercepted a suspicious package at the Canadian border, heading for a home in Billings, Montana. The package contained almost 1,500 Xanax pills disguised as organic fitness vitamins. Crazy. And we left off with investigators obtaining a anticipatory search warrant before they actually went in for this drug bust. So, Lawrence, how does this search warrant work? So it's a search warrant that's contingent. He goes ahead and does all the paperwork, does all the background, does all the investigation as best he can up to that point and presents to the judge a search warrant that says, sir, we'd like permission to search the house where this is intended to be delivered, but we're only going to be able to search the house if we deliver the package and it's taken inside the house. Uh, and, and that, I think, is a wonderful example of how the how law enforcement, modern law enforcement, really tries to constrain itself uh, and not violate people's rights, not exceed authority, not go barging in and and intruding beyond where they actually have good probable cause to do so. Um, The the, the whole thing was based on if we can't, you know, we know we've got drugs here, uh, the people wanted it delivered, and if we can show that they brought it in, 
into their house, then we can search the house, but not until that point. So among those additional drug paraphernalia included a meth lab and an open computer logged into the dark web, presumably where these folks were sending out the drugs. Does it look like this is going to be pretty much an open and shut case? Uh, this is going to be a uh, looks like it's going to be a slam dunk case for these guys, probably with a lot of um, additional spinoff investigations that come from it because you've got the when when they were able to go in, not only do they find all the different drugs, some ready for ready for shipment. Uh, they find the material showing that they're shipping a large amount of drugs. They are able to see and, and recover from uh, the suspect's computer a, uh, information about the dark web and his cryptocurrency. Uh, probably got a lot of information about where he's intending to deliver as well as where he has sent stuff in the past. So anybody who's ever bought something from this guy before has got to be concerned that, you know, even if somebody's not coming to their door right now, uh, they certainly uh, are now on the radar of law enforcement as being a, um, a recipient of, of Xanax and methamphetamine and, and these other uh, controlled substances. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's it's really good to see that the – you know, ordinarily you would think, oh, well, you know, you can watch the package go into the house, but now you've got to go get a search warrant and getting a search warrant takes time. Well, no, sometimes law enforcement can go ahead and, and get the search warrant ahead of time so we can be ready to go right then and there. Now, a lot of people were buying from Green, obviously using cryptocurrency to make the transactions over the dark web. So I know, but maybe you could explain to all of our listeners exactly why criminals actually choose cryptocurrency. Yeah, cryptocurrency is is a um, you know does provide the means to make the activity profitable. I mean, and and after all, most most of the criminal activity that goes on wouldn't be happening if somebody wasn't able to monetize it. I mean, that's that's why that's why drug dealers don't take checks and they don't take credit cards. They they operate with cash, uh, and uh, but but you can't move cash easily or readily across the internet, um, not without having the, you know, the physical aspect of, you know, putting it in an envelope and shipping it FedEx or shipping it U.S. mail, uh, which leads to the possibility of getting caught. So, you know, the, the ability to have this international, uh, uncontrolled method for exchanging value uh, is, is a real boon to the international internet crime. So basically, the crypto disguises the transaction just as the organic fitness pills disguise the Xanax pills. But what are some of the strangest all-time things you've seen or heard of criminals doing to hide his or her activity? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, 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 people think that you can stuff drugs into coffee cans uh, or into cans of coffee grounds, and that's going to defeat the dogs. Um, you know, news reports about people uh, putting... Um, putting drugs doped into figurines, terracotta figurines, and shipping them over. Uh, I believe there were some instances where they actually uh, came up with some ways to essentially mold cocaine into, um, into to some sort of figurine, uh, either plastic or terracotta-type substance, and ship it as the item itself is made of cocaine. 
uh, and, and being shipped over here. So, you know, the, the people are pretty ingenious. People are very ingenious. And then you throw a, a big, big pot of money at the end of it and say, here, uh, you can get this money if you just figure out a, a great way to ship stuff over. Everybody has their own theory about passwords. What's yours, Lawrence? The, the, the main thing is, you know, it's, it's good physical or good digital infosec security, having uh, strong passwords, unguessable, longer, stronger. You know, uh, there's, there has been for quite some time a lot of concern about, you know, you've got to have one lowercase and one uppercase and one digit and one punctuation mark. And, and that's, that's nice that it expands the uh, character base. Uh, but more important than that, if you talk to cryptographers, you get more bang for the buck just by lengthening the the actual the password itself. Um, a a fifty character password that is nothing but lowercase letters, uh, provided it's not a guessable dictionary word, is or or you know a stupid repetition like a a a a a a a, but. You know, if you typed in a phrase that's 50 characters and it's all lowercase, that's going to be stronger than the most weird random uh, password that's only 12 characters long. That's great advice. That was Lawrence Wolfenden, former FBI special agent, joining us here on the show. Hey, Lawrence, thank you. In a moment, the mysterious disappearance of a Pittsburgh native, how three detectives claim Dakota James' death as well as a number of other cases involving young men, may be tied to a group of serial killers based on the dark web. They have a special name. They're calling them the Smiley Face Killers. We're going to talk more about this dark web mystery that's gone mainstream and what others, including law enforcement, are saying about it. But first, a quick thank you to some of our sponsors who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Dakota James' family is from Frederick, Maryland, about three hours away. Over a dozen of them, with more on the way, have come here to Pittsburgh to aid in the search for the one they call Cody to try and bring him home. Pittsburgh police say Dakota James was last seen around downtown about 1130 Wednesday night. His family was told the 23-year-old Duquesne graduate student's phone also pinged along Grant Street around then. James's aunt, Angela Meadows. We're walking across rivers. We're walking through every neighborhood. So any call-ins, any leads, please share. Also part of the search. I just want him back. Dakota's father, Jeff, who says this entire family is struggling. He says his son always stayed out of trouble and wouldn't be the type to just go silent. I don't even know how to put that in words, how it's just not, you know, there's something's happened. This family is intent on helping police figure out just what that something was. For now, they keep walking, taping, and hoping. Thank you so much. If we don't keep moving, you know, what else are we going to do? Hey, we're glad you're back. It'd be a full 40 days after his disappearance until a woman walking her dog discovered the body of Dakota James. The Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office ruled his death an accidental drowning. But the family doesn't believe it, and neither do a few retired detectives, including Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte, who claim it's all related to a gang that makes its home on the dark web, supposedly called the Smiley Face Killers. James' disappearance comes with eerie details. It was a chilling night in December of 2016. James called his friend Shelley in a complete panic. 
It took a good bit of back and forth to figure out his location, but eventually she found him, apparently at a hotel. And as she pulled up, Shelley saw something terrifying, a dark SUV in the wrong lane. And to her horror, there was James walking toward it. Shelley called out for him, and thankfully he came her way. It was quite a bit of a surprise, though, when Shelley found James wasn't showing signs of inebriation or impairment or anything. He was simply scared, and he refused to talk about it. Five weeks later, Dakota James vanished. Shelley and James's family were left to wonder, was he being stalked? Well, there are three detectives who believe the answer to that question is yes. They've been met with plenty of criticism, but their theory has received lots of attention. The smiley face killer's theory is being pushed by a report in the Daily Beast. It makes a startling claim, saying that perhaps tens, even hundreds of young men, according to some reports, who have appeared to drown accidentally were actually victims of a serial killer or maybe possibly killers. The first thing I do when I begin the investigation to one of these deaths is the fact that I look at the autopsy report and let the victim's body speak to me, tell me what actually transpired, what happened to this individual, how he died, and anything that's inconsistent with what the police, the family, or even the medical examiners say may have transpired. In Dakota James' case, the prevailing theory was that you know he was a, a drunk kid that got separated from his friends and fell into the river on his way home. But when I read the autopsy report, although there's water in his lungs, there's not a sig- significant amount that we usually see in drowning victims, along with the fact that there's other things that I have to look for to decipher, like he's got date rape drug in him, makes that suspicious to me that he's got the drug that most of our other victims have in him. So was he drugged? Was he abducted? Was he held for a period of time? Okay, so where does the smiley face moniker come from, you ask? According to the Daily Beast, it became connected to the alleged murders when police found graffiti of smiley faces. These smiley faces were found near locations of at least a dozen of those bodies. And some of these cases go all the way back to the 1990s. The detectives are clearly on this case and also emotionally invested. One of them maxed out all of his credit cards and mortgaged his home in an effort to solve the cases. That's actually part of the reason why the theory has been met with plenty of skepticism. We all know we don't want to head over to the dark web or even the deep web. And you might be wondering, you know, how bad is really bad? Well, get this. The latest stat that I saw, 80% of web traffic on the deep web relates to child pornography. 80%. And then there's this. Over 30,000 websites are hacked every day on the deep web. Once you're in there, you can hire hitmen. You can buy poison, banned books, guns, you name it. It's definitely a place you don't need to go to. Hey, thanks for listening. And I just want to remind you, Commando on Demand is not the Kim Commando show. If you want to get my three-hour radio show podcast, head over to GetKim.com. Once again, that's GetKim.com. And if you've got 15 minutes every single day and you want to stay up to date on all the latest tech news, get Tech News Today. And for a weekly roundup, which is not the same as Tech News Today, get Tech News This Week. You can find all of them on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.
Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.